to Faithful Justice, where we are inspired by faith to seek justice. My name is Brian Harrington, and I am so thankful that you have joined us for episode two of Faithful Justice, for our second weekly homily based on one or more of the readings for each Sunday from the Revised Common Lectionary. Today's homily for the sixth Sunday after Epiphany 2022 is based on Luke chapter 6 and is entitled as a question, Following Jesus? Let us begin with prayer. Eternal light, shine into our hearts. Eternal goodness, deliver us from evil. Eternal power, be our support. Eternal wisdom, scatter the darkness of our ignorance. Eternal pity, have mercy upon us. That with all our heart and mind and soul and strength, we may seek your face and be brought by your infinite mercy to your holy presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us listen now to the words of Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26, and listen for the word of the Lord. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And everyone in the crowd was trying to touch him, for power came out of him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you, on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, friends, for the word of God and scripture, for the word of God among us wherever we are, 
and for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Every November, for churches that follow the liturgical calendar, we celebrate one last Sunday in the Christian year before Advent's steady march to Christmas begins a new church year. And that Sunday is called one of two names, either Christ the King Sunday or the Reign of Christ Sunday. Either way, the imagery is clear. It is a day to celebrate that Jesus is the Anointed One, the Christ, who, to echo the Apostle Paul's words to the church in Philippi, is exalted above all creation. One way to frame that Sunday is to rest assured in the awareness that Emmanuel, God with us, who lived like us, who died like us, and gave us the promise that our life is longer than our years, that the one whose very being emanates the immense love of life in abundance. He is the one who so permeates all things that in him all creation has life and breath and hope. Perhaps the more common way, though, historically, to frame that Sunday is to imagine Jesus as king of the world, one who, through his almighty hand, forcefully exerts control over all things to give power to the righteous, to right all wrongs, and exact divine judgment on the unfaithful. Of course, Christians often combine these ideas emphasizing one more or less than the other. But the idea of Christ the King or King Jesus has dominated Christian understanding of Jesus numerous times in the past and in the present. Perhaps the first instance of this kind of Christology was 1,710 years ago when according to the legend first propagated by the ancient historian Eusebius, the soon-to-be emperor of the entire Roman Empire, Constantine, saw a vision. Constantine, who at the time only ruled over part of the empire, had amassed his troops just outside Rome in an attempt to conquer the city, and consolidate most of the empire under his sole power. The night before the decisive battle, Constantine had this legendary vision in which he saw either a cross or a Cairo, a symbol of Christianity taken from the first two letters of Christ, Christos, in Greek. Either way, he supposedly saw this clear sign of Christianity with the words, In this sign, conquer. In this sign, conquer. And he did. 
Allegedly, Constantine's soldiers painted this Christian symbol on their shields and won the battle. And soon thereafter, Christianity changed from a marginalized and sometimes persecuted faith within the empire to becoming the official religion of the empire. Throughout most of Christian history, the Battle of the Milvian Bridge was seen as an ultimate triumph. Christianity could and did thrive with the backing of imperial power and became one of the world's largest and most important religions for nearly the next two millennia. But who's Christianity? And at what cost? The quote, in this sign conquer Christianity, wields considerable power again today. Read Kristen Dumais' Jesus and John Wayne and learn about the recent history of hyper-masculine Christianity. Watch HBO's only slightly exaggerated drama series, The Righteous Gemstones, viewer discretion advised, about a patriarch who created a huge megachurch that takes in millions of dollars which fund the extravagant lives of his family members who are truly awful human beings. Listen to the cast recording of the acclaimed Tony Award-winning musical parody that contains much truth, The Book of Mormon, in which one of the main characters sings about the need to man up like Jesus, who, quote, jumped up on that cross and took it like a man. In this sign, conquer. But consider, will you, the words of this Jesus, the supposed super-warrior, hyper-masculine, power-wielding, world-ruling king. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor, the hungry, those who weep, the rejects, the hated, the excluded, the reviled, and defamed. For to these people comes the miracle of God's new day, when even the destitute find their bellies full, their hearts joyful, and the dignity of their full humanity. However, said Jesus, woe to those who are rich, satiated, happy, and well-regarded, for you have what you need and more, but at what cost? Who, indeed, have you trampled, overlooked, or ignored to achieve your life of plenty, power, and prestige? When juxtaposing the distorted, power-dealing King Jesus and the humble, meek, beatitude-preaching Jesus, it is impossible not to ask, 
if many of us who say we follow Christ aren't really following him at all? Are too many of us supposed Christians, in fact, following the way of a power-hungry, long-dead emperor instead of the one called Emmanuel, God with us, who is the living Christ? Sit with that question for a moment. Are we Christians really following the way of Jesus? If, like most of us, you have what you need, you're content and lauded, perhaps the answer is no. Because if we have what we need and are not working to ensure that everyone does, maybe we aren't following Jesus. If we are happy because we shield ourselves from the weeping around us caused by poverty, oppression, and injustice, maybe we aren't following Jesus. If we are well regarded because we refuse to use our voice to do the unpopular task of advocating for the powerless over the powerful, Maybe we aren't following Jesus. And finally, if we think of Jesus more as a conquering hero than the suffering servant, more as the one who provides me riches than the one who calls us to co-labor in bringing God's new day when everyone has enough, more as one who calls us to man up than to take up our cross and follow him, then maybe we aren't following Jesus. If these words today are difficult to hear, my prayer is that they do not lead you to despair. Rather, I hope they spur you to action. Because today is a new day that, like every day, offers us the chance for renewed faithfulness. It offers us the chance to faithfully act. Today, we can choose to give out of our plenty. Today, we can listen for weeping and offer a loving embrace or the COVID-appropriate equivalent. Today, we can use our influence to make a more just and equitable world. Today, you and I can choose to follow Jesus, the real Jesus. But today and tomorrow and every day, 
The choice is up to us. What will we choose? Let us pray. O oh God, we confess that too often we follow a counterfeit Jesus. We admit that we greatly prefer the idea that following you will bring us wealth, power, and influence as the counterfeit Jesus promises. But forgive us, we pray, and help us to sit with the words of the real Jesus, that while not promising riches and power, offers hope that through our faithfulness, everyone will be filled. Everyone will live abundantly. So God, give us the strength, we pray, to truly follow you. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today for worship with Faithful Justice, where our deepest faith commitments inspire us to seek justice for all of God's beloved children. Our scripture is from the New Revised Standard Version, Updated Edition. The theme music is Lift Every Voice and Sing by James Weldon Johnson and J. Rosamond Johnson. The collect today is by Alquin of York, and the benediction is by William Sloan Coffin, Jr. I am Brian Harrington, and until we meet again next week, may you have the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. And grace to remember that the world is far too dangerous for anything but the truth and far too small for anything but love. Go in peace, my friends. Amen. Oh,